Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pinch Hitter Podcast. Uh, we have something different in store today. Uh, I'm joined by a returning pinch hitter, Eric Jensen, uh, at Eric18Utah on Twitter. Um, we are going to be doing an MLS season preview. So if there are any MLS fans out there, all like four of you that exist, um, hope you enjoy this episode. Um, Eric, so tell us about you as a soccer fan, since we already know about you as a limited baseball fan. Yeah, so I would say soccer was like outside of football, the second sport I really got into. Um And that's mainly just because a lot of – I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and a lot of kids here, like when they grow up, obviously the Jazz are pretty big. But the Jazz are on cable TV, and I am poor, uh, and my family (laughs) is slightly poor. So we never had, like, cable growing up, and I just barely – like, I have cable through my – college right now but i have never had cable before like two like six months ago basically and um the mls games we also like who's the team here was just always on public television so i just sure watched a ton of rsl and um kind of got into it let's see what so they went to mls cup in 2015 right that was 13 13 go sporting let's go yeah so we'll get to that uh so i would say i got into it like probably i might have gotten into it before i started watching football to be honest with you i think it is honestly the first professional sport it is i believe the first live professional sporting event I ever went to was an RSL game. Oh, that's awesome. I went to go see them play against the um, uh, Portland Timbers. And just to give you an idea of how long ago that was, their star player at the time was Fabian the Spindle. You remember him? (laughs) Barely. He, like, he... he, (laughs) uh, He's long retired, probably, or playing somewhere in Australia by now. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he was kind of a guy for, and he was it, and it was even before he got really even good in MLS with like New York, which is where he played for uh, the second stretch of his kind of MLS career. So, sure. yeah, it it. it that's kind of how I got into soccer, I guess. Is that it? I feel like that was long yeah. and winding like most answers of mine are. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll talk a little bit about my soccer fandom as well. Um, so growing up in Wichita, Kansas area, um, not a lot of soccer going on. I didn't even know that, well, at the time, the Kansas City Wizards were a thing. Um And then I started to become more aware of them, um, got into soccer a little more, like probably around 2010, but still wasn't really a fan, I would say. Um, Then in summer of 2012, uh, my wife, who we had just been dating for a couple months, we went with her family to a sporting friendly at what was then Livestrong Park, um, and it is now uh, Children's Mercy Park. Um, and we watched a friendly between sporting and then premier league team Stoke city. Uh, and we were sitting like front row midfield 
and just the environment, even though it was a friendly, was amazing. And literally since that day, I think it was like August 1st, 2012, I have been a huge soccer fan. Now, I grew up a gigantic Cubs fan. Everyone in my family is Cubs fans. And over the last year or so, that number one spot in like all of my sports fandom has been very easily taken over by sporting. They are far and away my favorite sports team. Like it's not even close really. It's sporting, then a pretty decent chunk, then the Cubs, and then a pretty decent chunk, and then like everyone else. Um but yeah, I'm because I am a diehard sporting fan. I watch every game. Shout out to that 2013 MLS Cup champion team yeah, who uh beat, beat RSL. Uh, <laughs> I like to rub that in Eric's face as much as possible. Uh, yeah, we have I a fun should, rivalry. I, yeah, I think we should let people know about that too, because especially if there's some non-MLS people out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say, Jesus, when did we meet on Twitter? We met like... Like probably, what, three years three ago? years ago? Yeah. Like right around three years ago, I think. Three yeah. years ago ish. And we, I mean, we weren't nearly as close then as we are now. I'd say we, we've only yeah. gotten this close like over the past probably year and a half. But yeah, like I one of the that. first things that like stuck out to me was like, I was like, we, we were, we wrote for this little rinky dink sports blog, pro sports <laughs> fandom or whatever. And, um, I was like, oh yeah, I'm watching Marie Elsa Lake game. And I just like, I think I immediately started yelling, like, fuck RSL. (laughs) Yeah, yep. And to to know there was someone else in the world that watched MLS soccer was (laughs) kind of of amazing to me because Travis is not not a lot of us. Maybe four (laughs) people will get this podcast. This (laughs) literally might just. This Super might just be a you and me thing. Yeah. This might just be us talking about soccer. Like, I would highly encourage, Bo, everyone to go check it out because it is a ton of fun. Did you hear the new anthem too today? Yes, it is. That fire. is awesome. Hans Zimmer wrote an anthem for MLS players to come out to, and it's amazing. Oh, it's um, real, real quick, just on the point of us being the only fans. So I have, let's see, uh, uh, just over 1,600 followers on Twitter, and I tweeted out a joke uh, poll yesterday, I think it was, that was uh, – <laughs> it was – uh, this is a tweet that I expect maybe two of my followers to get. Uh, the first option is Gam. <laughs> I saw that. And then the second option is Tam. And then the third option is I don't know what this is. It got exactly two votes. <laughs> and I believe the only real vote was from you, Eric, who yes. voted for Tam. I voted for Tam. <laughs> <laughs> now, MLS, until this year, it's finally getting converted. There were two types of money you could use to acquire players. Uh, general allocation money and targeted allocation money and there are some rules that i don't understand as to what you can use and what you can't use and yeah, it's a I don't widespread get it mls joke that there's gam and tam and there have been trades where people have traded like x yeah. amount of dollars in gam for x amount of dollars in tam and it's not the yeah. same amount of money i don't understand it <laughs> yeah it's the exchange wild. I still rate don't, I, I still don't fully understand like MLS soccer trades because a I don't think trades like work in soccer just because the rest of the world the rest of the world doesn't operate with 
trades. Right? No, they like, just I pay money. Never... Yeah. Right. So I so trading in MLS doesn't really make sense because draft picks are useless. Like yeah, they are. Me and Travis were talking about this a few months back. Like I Travis You have to get so lucky to nail an MLS like, draft pick. Like me and Travis, like we're Travis is way more diehard into MLS than I am, I would say. But even Travis, like, we don't watch the draft. Like, we don't know shit about the draft. No, I genuinely they, couldn't they, tell you a single player who got drafted this year. <laughs> they, they have, like, because what MLS has done is they've kind of tried to adapt to, like, the American sports market. So they have trades and drafts. It doesn't really work because you're just drafting from the college pool. yeah. And, and to and be honest, have... there are no, there are maybe five college players in America who are good enough to play in MLS and exactly. be like a legitimate and... everyday starter. Right. And the, the and thing then, is, like, you still have the yeah. homegrowns, and that's where most of the good players come from. You know, you sign these kids up when they're, you know, 14, 15 years old playing on club teams. And so then the draft becomes useless because you already have these guys in your system. So then you're just drafting the scrubs who didn't get onto a club team, you know what I mean? Like it, it just doesn't, yeah. Drafting doesn't make sense in the MLS. It just doesn't. Which by the way, for people who are like soccer will never work here in America. Like I recently went down to Harriman, which is where uh, RSL has their youth Academy. And I got to spend a day touring their youth Academy down there. And Holy shit. Like, it is European level good. Like if you ever have a chance, um, I'm, I'm sure Kansas City has. Yeah, they do. Uh, has a youth team. Like if you ever get a chance to like even drive to where it is and just look around, like it is a fucking city. They have built literally like a small city <laughs> with like a high school and housing for players from all over the world. Like American soccer is trying really hard to like keep up with the rest of the world. And I was just incredibly impressed i don't know where that comment was going but i wanted to bring that up because (laughs) like there is like a minor league system for these teams like if you want to get that deep into it as well yeah and and like i'm fully aware that mls soccer is not on par with premier league i would never say it is i'm fully aware that there are drastic differences in both style and quality of play but I fucking love MLS, man. I think it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, they're not going to, like, the first touch isn't going to be perfect. And, you know, you're not going to see these amazing shots and these, like, world-class things that you'll see in English soccer and German soccer and Spanish soccer. But you're going to see some wacky shit. <laughs> and it's just so much fun to watch. I, I fucking love MLS. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, um, anything I, else before we get into our uh, rankings and all that? No, I think we should just get into it. Okay. Um, so let's start with the Western Conference. Uh, most people seem to start with the East, but we're both fans of the Western Conference anyway. So let's start yeah. there. Um, we'll start at seven and work our way down. So we're, okay. we're both going to give our playoff predictions. And then I don't think Eric prepared this, but I'll go eight through thirteen in both leagues as well. Just quick rattling him off. And maybe um, so he, I'll and, and you maybe might think I'll ask too. and maybe I'll ask you like a question about one of the eight through thirteen teams. And then yeah, sure. I, I have a quick that, note yeah. next to each team, so we're not going to talk a okay. lot. Neither, neither of us are experts in MLS by any means. Like I know, yeah. A, 
chunk of players. I don't know every move. It, and MLS isn't covered to that level where you can really follow it all that closely. Yeah, it's you not really like really don't know who's on what team until like until you, you see them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I completely agree. I like I was running through a list and I was like, oh shit, he's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. For some like relatively big name guys. Which by the way, for people who want to try major league soccer, week one is always kind of a shit show, as it, it is, is in like most any sport, and it's not the best product. I would say honestly it if you really want to get into it, don't watch until like June. Um, yeah, that's really when the good stuff gets going. And uh, if you weren't aware in the U.S., I don't know about other countries uh, that we have any listeners in other countries. Anyways, doubt anyone listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you live in the U.S., ESPN Plus, it's five bucks a month. Um, and you can watch every out of market MLS game that's not on national TV. It's it's amazing. It's so great. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. So um, I didn't get to watch as much as I like as I'd like last year, just working with the bees so much. So right. Uh, but I'm I'm really hoping I get some Saturdays off this year and uh, I get to watch some more MLS. Hell yeah! All right, let's seven in the West. Okay, um, I got FC Dallas. Uh, they're they're an incredibly young kind of fast team that really went all in and like playing their kids in 2018 and then i believe they were a playoff team in last year as well yes they were they they were either six or seven they've got some really good interesting kind of young players on that team um their star player is probably this guy paxton pomichael who Mm -hmm. uh is also a U.S. kind of who has been called up to the U.S. like Yeah, US a borderline U.S. international guy, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's pretty good. Uh, they have Jesus Ferreira. He's pretty good as well. And Michael Barrios. He's been in MLS for a little while now, and he's a decent scorer. So uh, I have FC Dallas at seven. I just think they're going to be a good kind of fast young team again. And they have some real questions, I think, like defensively. Defensively, but, agreed. But uh, – but I I like them. Um, I also have FC Dallas at seven, so great call. Um, I have basically the same notes. They're a pesky team. They're annoying to play. They are. They always have been. Um, and they're young and full of homegrown talent. Uh, again, like they always are. Um, they're they're a fun team to watch. They're an annoying team for your favorite team to play. Uh, but yeah, I have them in seven. They're always competitive. They're not going to be bottom of the league. They're usually not at the top of the league. They're usually somewhere mid-table. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're a fun team. I have them at seven as well. So, who's your number six? Uh, do you, or do you want to, like, rotate? Might be more fun yeah, we if can... we kind of rotate. Okay. So, you want me to go with my six? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my number six is Real Salt Lake. Wow. So, <laughs> um, can I be so... honest? Sure. I Make your case because I don't see them making the playoffs personally. So I like their coach who is going to be in his first full season. Can't remember his name off the top of my Freddy head. Freddie Juarez. Yeah, Freddie Juarez. Um, they lost Ramondo and Sacido. Um, new coach, new front office. They have lots of turnover. Also lost Saverino, who yeah. was like one of their best attacking offensive players. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I. Yeah. They retained uh, what, a what good chunk of their – they have a lot of young talent that I like. 
Um, and honestly, the West is going to be, I think everything from six through 10 ish is going to be a shit show. And I think it's a toss up as to who gets in. I could see RSL finishing anywhere from six to 10. Um, same with Dallas, really. Um, I th- Ramondo being gone is going to be weird. Um, Nick Ramondo, for those of you who don't know, was the goalkeeper for them for how long? Off the top uh, of your head, do you know? Geez, man. Forever? Like, for, like <laughs> he started his career. He played uh, with BC United for like the first maybe four years of his career and then played basically 14 of in 14 years of an 18-year career pretty much. Don't quote me yeah. on that. It with that RSL, sounds about but, right. Let me. But I'm like he's been the with the team, he's been with the team since they were. To give you like a clue, like RSL was an expansion team at one point, and I believe that he was on like the second. He was on that expansion team. So when they played at Rice Echoes Stadium, which is Utah's the University of Utah's football stadium, he was still playing on the team before they had a soccer-specific stadium. So he has been there forever. He's He was with Real Salt Lake since 2007. 369 games with RSL. And I believe, I want to say that's when they were incepted. I think, or yeah, I can, it might have been 2005. Back. When was RSL? They were founded in 2004, so they probably played their first game in 2005. Okay. Would be my guess. Yeah, so basically the entirety of the club's history, he has been their goalie, more or less. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's going to be weird to not have him out there. Yeah, they replace him with Zach McMath, uh, who is like a fine MLS goalie. Really, goalies in MLS aren't, like they're important, obviously you've got to stop the shot. Sure, but it's your center back's more important. Like Nick, to put this in perspective, like Nick Romano was probably the most well-known, I would say, MLS goalie outside of Tim Howard um, of yeah. the past ten years. And Tim Howard only played in the league for like two years, and Nick Romano was a better goaltender. Right. So because yeah, Tim Howard was in. England for most of that yeah. duration. And I I would say that um, it, it, he's widely, to put it in perspective, it's like if Tom Brady retired like tomorrow and they were like, Yeah, that's actually gonna, a great comp. We're going to replace Tom Brady with Jacoby Brissett. He's fine, but like, sure. he's nothing, he's not going to be a liability, but it's not Nick Ramado. So, yeah. I think uh, Rusnick's going to be good. Um, Corey Baird is probably going to be good. He seems to always kill SKC. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I, like, I think they're going to be a fun team, uh, as much as I hate RSL. Uh... They just have – they just have – the problem for them is they're they don't really have a star. well built. They're real, yes. They're really well built defensively. What RSL has kind of done is they've decided they're a club that does not like to spend money. They have right. basically decided that their approach is defense is much cheaper than offense. So we are yeah. just going to build an incredibly solid defense. 
So they, I would argue they have one of the best defenses in MLS, but the problem is they, I read this stat somewhere that like they had 46 goals total last year. To put that in perspective, the golden boot winner, Carlos Vela had something like 35. Yeah. I think he had 34. It was an MLS record. Yeah. Like they, they are, they, in 35 of those 46 goals came from, Rusnak, Baird, and um, oh, who's the third guy? Ugh. Um, I'll I'll look it up a second because I feel incredibly stupid <laughs> for not knowing my own team that well. But it was mainly Rusnak and Baird that and that provided the scoring and forty-five Jefferson goals. By the way, forty-five goals, yeah. but they only allowed forty-one. For comparison, yeah, so they, LAFC. So RSL finished third in uh, the Western Conference, which was great. Um, but they, they scored forty-five goals. LAFC, who finished uh, first with eighty-five goals. <laughs> yeah. So now the most of the league is closer to forty-five, but still. Here, here's what I was referencing. Uh, this is from MLSsoccer.com. They don't have the same kind of high-end power, firepower as the league's heavy hitters. Carlos Vela scored 34 goals last year. RSL as a team scored 46 with departures of Jefferson Savarino, Fofo Salcedo, which he didn't get a ton of playing time. And the one that hurts me the most, uh, my boy, Jao Plata, who is probably one of my favorite MLS players of all time. Yeah. Uh, he, is he with the Galaxy now? Is that right? Or, is he still yeah. in MLS? I thought he left MLS. Oh, maybe he did. Hmm. Uh, Google that while I finish this. Yeah, up. I got it. Um, Jao Plata, only 35 of those goals returned, basically. So, basically, 46 goals, they lost about 12 of them, more or less. And it it's just, I don't know, man. It's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy for... RSL to keep up with teams, I don't think. They're going to have to win a lot of, like, one nothing games, and they are going to hope they don't concede any goals, basically. Yeah. Um, I honestly can't find anything about where Plata's playing, so... <laughs> okay. His Wikipedia page, the last thing it says is that his option was declined by uh, RSL, so he yeah. must still be a free agent out there with my guy, Benny Failhopper. Um, but yeah, so... RSL is going to be a boring team to watch. I am not going to enjoy watching very many of their games because, again, they're going to sit back, play defensive soccer, uh, not take any chances, not take any risks, not push the ball forward. They'll try to counter whenever they have the numbers, and that's about all they're going to do. Um, so who's your number six? Colorado. Um, mm. Colorado was kind of – really came on the scene after they got a new coach um, last middle of last season. They've got mm-hmm. a really kind of interesting young starting 11 that has some goals. They've got Kai Kamari. Kai Kamari. Uh, he's obviously going to give you a lot of goals uh, behind him. They have Namli in, in that as that kind of center attacking mid who was like Really good UNS Nomly. Um, sorry, as my computer starts making You're good. noise. You're good. Um, they have, I, and they brought in 
uh, Abubakar, of course, a few years ago, and he's one of the best center backs in MLS. So I think they are kind of a really interesting team. I think they're going to play a lot better, and I, I just – I see. I, I really think they're gonna be a playoff team, so I have them at six. I like that pick. Um, I have them just out of the playoffs at eight. Um, again, they're one of those teams that I think could finish anywhere between six and ten. Just like I said with Colorado and Dallas, or just with like, like I said with uh, RSL and Dallas. Um, Robin Frazier, their head coach, had them playing like great soccer in the second half. They came damn close to making the playoffs for what the first time in forever. Uh, <laughs> they've always been kind of the cellar dwellers in the West. Um, but yeah, he had them playing great soccer in the second half. Uh, I think they finished ninth, but they were just like a few points out of the playoff hunt. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate that pick at all. They're still pretty young. Uh, that's the only reason I have them in eight. I don't know that they're going to be able to make that jump this year. Uh, but they're going to be a fun team. Diego Rubio is a blast to, to watch up top with Kai Kamara. Um, but yeah, I like that pick. Tim Howard being gone doesn't really hurt him. He was old as fuck and not that great anyway. Um, so yeah, good pick, man. All uh, right. I, I, I guess we'll keep kind of rotating, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Maybe you, I screwed this all no, up. No, you're right. You at number um, five, you're good. So five, uh, I have your team sporting Kansas city. Uh, okay. They added, obviously, um, the Liga MX star. I'm forgetting his name right Alan now. Alan Polito. You definitely know Alan Polito. Uh, he's going to get you a lot of goals. Um, they basically, the fan base there has been begging for them to, to sign a number nine. Their goals forever. <laughs> and uh, they finally got one. Fun fact uh, about Alan Polito um, the transfer fee to get him is higher than all of the transfer fees Sporting Kansas City has paid in their 25-year history. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy. They they have a really – they're kind of, I would say, the opposite of RSL. They have a really fun and kind of up front. They have Gerso, of course, very always great, Gutierrez, NBA, mm-hmm. uh Fabian Espinosa and John, Johnny Russell. Johnny fucking uh, Russell. Get it right. My, <laughs> my large uh, Scottish my son. Boy, my boy up there. I, I actually do really like Johnny Russell. He's great. I, I always have a – it is not the same way that Travis feels about RSL. I always have a begrudging amount of respect and love for SKC. Because sporting plays fun jersey. soccer. RSL doesn't even play I fun lo- soccer. <laughs> Yeah, sporting <laughs> plays incredibly fun soccer. They really they do. It's easy defense. to like. They play. De- they throw defense basically to the wind and just <laughs> run everyone forward and rely on Tim Melia. Real quick. I mean that that didn't work last year, by the way. It, it, real quick, it's like worked every year. <laughs> it's worked every year in um, in the last like ten years. Except last year, Peter Vermees has always had a good defense every year until this past season. Um, yeah, now, they granted, were... they've always had really, really good center backs with Matt Beasler paired up, usually with Ike Opara. Um, and they, Ike Opara was good enough to, he'd push forward and get beat, but he's quick enough to get back and make a good tackle to stop the team from advancing. That didn't work last year at all. Um, the second center back spot was a complete disaster. Um, they, 
So going into this season, they're carrying six center backs, which is basically unheard of. Um, they have Graham Smith to go along with Matt Beasler. Obviously, he's going to be starting. And then Roberto Puncic, uh, Winston Reed, like I said, Graham Smith, um, uh, Andre Ufantas, who was their big signing last year and then was just absolute garbage all season. Um, and then, good Lord, I can't remember his name. Uh, the last guy that's tall and bald and is okay, but still not great, but I'm afraid would murder me if I actually forgot his name. Um, but still, their, their back line's not great. <laughs> uh, Luis Martin's on the left, I believe he plays. Um, he's pretty good. Uh, he got transferred to sporting in August and was solid. Um, and then you have Zussi on the right, and Zussi is just getting old. He, I'm not necessarily sure that he's still good enough. Um, so their back line's still kind of a mess. I genuinely don't know how it's going to look until we see it out on the field. Botan Barat, that's his name. Um, but the front line's great. Midfield's very good. Um, another name to throw in there is Gadi Kinda, uh, who the uh, Israel, the Israeli Premier League. No one had seen him play until preseason, and then he comes out and is looking like one of the best players on the field. So I'm excited to watch him. Uh, he's looking like he might be Roger Espinosa's replacement. Uh, fat fielder can make plays happen and can just outrun people. Um, and then Gianluca Busio, who's like 18 years old and is a very good kind of forward playing middle uh, midfielder. Um, yeah, sporting's going to be fun this year. Uh, they may not be great, but they're going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that things could go really bad defensively again, but I think they, they added scoring. So yeah. they're get, they're, it, it'll balance out. So I, I – I don't know where where do you have them because I I honestly do feel like five's a pretty fair place to have. It them. is. Uh, I, sure I, bounced top a, four. I bounced around between five and then I ultimately put them in fourth. Um, I okay. I think they're good enough to get up to fourth if that back line can hold. If Beasler plays well and stays healthy, if Botan Barat stays health, healthy, if Johnny Russell stays healthy, you know, there's a lot of ifs in there, but. Um, the West, like I said, it's very top-heavy, and then a lot of mid-tier teams. I think Sporting is just a little bit better than the mid-tier. Um, I think last year was a fluke. I really do. Um, last year, they decided to go for Champions League. No MLS team has ever won Champions League. Sporting started off hot. They beat a uh, Liga MX team and then got stopped, just absolutely demolished by Monterey, who was you know amazing, but... So I think that – and then they started having injuries. They're playing way too many games early in the year, and then they weren't deep enough to, like, set Johnny Russell out for an extended period of time and recover. So it, it was just a mess. And I think this year having that extra time off, even with not making the playoffs, I think that's going to help. It's going to help reset some of those leg issues that they were having. So, But, yeah, I have him fourth. So not, not much higher than you. Didn't homer too bad yeah, on uh... that. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did you have at uh, five? In five, I had Portland. Um, I think they're going to be the same fucking Portland team that they always are. Their big signing was Diego Chara's brother, Yimmy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yimmy Chara is an amazing name. Um, I don't think he's that good. Uh, I don't understand why he's a DP. I don't think he's frankly good enough to be a DP. Um, so I think that was a mistake, but Portland's Portland. Well, we should, They're going to be good. They're not going to be we, fantastic. We should quickly explain what a DP is. Sure. Uh, DP is a designated player. It's kind of like in the NBA for a comparison is like you have the max players. Um, in MLS, you have three DP slots and I don't remember the exact price. It's like something like 1.5 million. Anything over that is a DP and you only get three of those spot, uh, spots per team. So, yeah, so the, 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 that's kind of nice that it, it does that for the league. I personally don't have may, and maybe this was just ignorance by me, but I personally don't have, uh, Portland in the playoffs. I don't hate I just that. Think I really don't. They they didn't. I I mean they didn't do enough. I looked at the roster and they just have the they. You are right. They are the exact same. They're the, team that they they're are. the exact same team they always are. They have they're going to rely they, on Diego Chara, who's now like thirty four. Um, you're going to rely on De, Diego Valeri to get yeah. you goals, and he's getting older. And I just feel like at some point, and it might be this year, he falls off. Yeah. And it, when that happens, like this. This is one of those Western Conference teams, in my opinion, that it could be like six to twelve. I can see I, that. I would not be shocked if they finished anywhere in between that. It, it may be a bit, um, it may be a bit like high thinking for me to put them in five, but yeah, like I think they're going to be the same fucking Portland team they always are. They're going to be annoying to play, kind of like Dallas. They always beat Sporting in some dramatic way that absolutely infuriates me <laughs> so who, who's your number four uh my number four you had sporting kansas city i have the la galaxy okay number four uh all you really need to know about the la galaxy as a team throughout their entire run of mls they have a bunch of really good players and then they always go after a big star Yep. There is never an LA Galaxy. And they also don't play any defense any... at all. <laughs> right. And there is never an LA Galaxy team without a star that everyone has heard of from all over the world. Yeah. If you've watched soccer at all, and I get that he's not as big as a David Beckham was. Sure. But you know the name. Chicharito is a huge um, name. Absolutely. Like, the Let's... leader of the Mexican soccer team for basically the last seven years. Um, this guy has played all across Europe, and he's basically – now, MLS is kind of known as a retirement league, but I would argue he is coming to MLS in, like, the tail end of his prime. Like, I agree with I, that. He, has, he still has, like, two years of prime f- football left in him before he slows down a little bit. And this guy is – this guy's great. And all you really need to know about the Galaxy is that they have him and they are going to score probably the most goals in MLS. And they are probably only going to be a four because, like Travis says, they refuse to play defense and will end up winning a ton of, like, four three games. Yeah. That's exactly what they're going to do. Um, just a. 
a quick rundown of some of the guys that the LA Galaxy have had um, that everyone knows. You have the Dos Santos guys. Uh, you have Landon Donovan. You have, uh, like you said, David Beckham. Um, they had Robbie Keane, didn't they? Um, yep. And then, yeah, like, and then Zlatan, Zlatan, obviously. Yeah, they like, they always have these big name, usually strikers that everyone knows, like, worldwide. Kobe Jones, one of the best American players ever. Um, yeah, they always have these big guys up front that everyone knows. And I mean, they're good. They're, they've always been good. Like, but the problem is they never have enough defense to win them the title anymore. Like it used to be enough in the MLS five years ago to just have a guy like David Beckham, to just have a Robbie Keane, to just have a Chicharito and you're probably going to win the MLS cup, you know, um, but MLS is starting to grow. MLS is getting bigger and bigger. We're starting to draw big name guys from uh, Liga MX, which Alan Polito was the golden boot winner last year in the Mexican league, which is a better league than the MLS. And then he comes here to Kansas city at, at that, you know what I mean? Um, so the league's getting bigger. You can no longer really rely on those one guys to win you a title like it just doesn't happen anymore um and i think like i think the galaxy are a much better team than they were last year i think chicharito is a better fit for la than zlatan um i i if you know me you know my feelings on zlatan i couldn't stand the fucking guy um i know that's part of his shtick a lot of people can't i i just can't stand i couldn't that stand guy. him either <laughs> i just can't um and so I think Chicharito's a Zlatan better fit. He's been, not all about Zlatan himself. Zlatan is – and just to give, like, soccer fans an idea of what Zlatan is, if you are a LeBron hater like myself, uh, Zlatan is basically LeBron on, like, steroids times four. Like, totally, like, just all about, oh, look at how great I am and look at my process and, look like, I don't think – like LeBron James is not a fair comparison, by the way. No, Who it's really is not. Like, let let's let's, but we should come up. Bryce with Harper. People just need to know. Bryce Harper. Okay, Bryce I don't Harper's know that much comp. about baseball. <laughs> Bryce Harper is good, uh, but he thinks he's the best player in the world, and some people love him, some people hate him. Very polarizing. He's almost Zlatan's like a loud Aaron Rodgers. If you I can see that, that's a good. Ball. That's a good comp. Uh, a football comparison, but Aaron Rodgers is kind of soft spoken and quiet. Zlatan is like the loudest, like professional athlete you'll ever meet. Very in your face. Um, yeah. Uh, real. Uh, I guess you go ahead with your three. Yeah. Uh, did you have something to add? No, 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 no. That, that was about something. it. Oh, uh, I, oh uh, they, um, they have better depth than last year. I like Sasha Kleshnin that they got from um, Chicago. All right. Yeah. No, uh, or Orlando, one of the two. Um, but still, I like Sasha questioning. Uh, so at three, I have one of the teams I'm honestly most excited to see in the West this year. Uh, it's Minnesota. I knew Minnesota you were going to have Minnesota that high because I was looking here. I don't have Minnesota in my playoffs. So I was sitting here. I was like, who's yeah. he going to have that I don't have in this high? I knew it was going to be Minnesota. I love Minnesota. <laughs> I, I love this team last year like so, so much. And they basically brought they basically brought everyone 
brought everyone back. The Lost Darwin added, And, um, yes, but then they brought in Luis Samaria, who sure. is a 24-year-old Paraguayan s- sniper who led the Paraguayan League in goals last year. Um, they are young and fast and awesome offensively, and then they probably have the best defense in the Western Conference, like hands down, like even better than RSLs. Led by your guy and a guy of mine, Ike Para, Love Ike. Center back. Um, Ike Para is just awesome. That's all you really need to know. He's just like one of probably the greatest MLS center backs to ever play the position. Um, yeah. And they have – inning- What, two-time I mean, uh, defensive player of the year in the MLS? Yeah. And, I mean, Ozzy Alonso, also another guy. Ozzy Alonso is getting MLS. old. I disagree with this take. Forever. No, but he was still awesome last year. And he I was. think he's still going to be good this So, year. here's my problem with this. Or, okay, so do you think – who do you think – here's an interesting question. Who do you think is going to have a bigger fall-off this year, Ozzy Alonso or Kyle Becker? Oh, um, for those who don't know, Kyle Beckerman is the center defensive mid, which is also Ozzy Alonso's position. I'm going to say or RSL. Okay, so I'm going to say Ozzy Alonso, but only because I think Kyle Beckerman has already fallen off. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Ozzy Alonso still playing at a higher level, so that's the only. Um, but I think okay, so Ozzy Alonso's 34, which is old for um, you know, center defensive mid. Uh, that's going to run box to box and you're going to rely on heavily. Now, Ike Para, who I love, former SKC guy. Um, I was at the game against Real Salt Lake where someone slid into him dirty. Uh, hint, hint at, I think it was Kyle Beckerman actually, um, and tore his Achilles. I was at that game in Kansas City. Um, Ike has a history with injuries. Ike is 31 not getting any younger, and there's a whole lot of miles on those legs. He is the Minnesota United team. If Ike Opara doesn't play well, if Ike Opara gets hurt, that team is in big trouble. Now, if he's healthy, See, if Ozzy Alonso is healthy and doesn't fall off, I think this team could finish up to third. The problem is I don't think that they can rely on those two guys so heavily, especially without Darwin Quintero anymore. That makes me nervous. I have, let's see, I have them right behind the Raptors. Are you familiar with a guy named Mason Toye? I am. Okay. He was awesome last year. He was. And he's only going to get better because he's a super young player. They, Ethan Finley, I believe, is on this team. He's been in MLS forever. And he's a good winger player. I just... I think they have the perfect balance. They are the most balanced team, I would say, in the entire Western Conference. I just I, I, I don't get me wrong. I really like Minnesota. I do. They're a fun team to watch. They're one of the teams I watch more than you know most teams in the MLS. It, it just makes me a little nervous. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, so you have it two. Uh, it's my number three. I also I have the Galaxy at oh, three. Right. So we'll just yeah. that's it. Um, I'm guessing we probably have the same two and one, unless you pulled some wild shit out of your ass. Uh, two, and we may have them flip flopped. Who knows? Two, I have Seattle. Um, okay. Returning so Rui we, Diaz, we returning Jordan Morris. We have it different. Yeah, we have it flipped. Oh wow. Okay. Um, 
They they so our two and ones respectively are LAFC and Seattle. Right. And I guess LAFC I have one, UF Seattle at one. So Correct. to me, yeah. So do you want me to defend Seattle first here? Yeah, go for it. And then I'll okay. I'll uh, pull away. Yeah. So for one, they're the MLS Cup champions, and I they didn't lose that much. Like No, they didn't. And what they added what and they ah, come on man i gotta pull up their page here but they added <laughs> some quality players as well and they, they have just a really young team they are also run by garth Logaway, five away who used to run rsl very sour about that but he's literally probably the best gm in all of major league soccer um they are stacked and they brought in oh here's where you got confused they brought in joao paulo not joao that's who i was thinking Plata. of yeah, yeah joao paulo in to their dp spot who is that's right another that, i got of, the names mixed up yeah who is kind of another rangy attacking player add that with rui diaz ladero roldan jordan morris that is it's a dangerous attack the most potent attack in major league soccer i agree and no arguments behind behind all that you have yes they have questions i'll admit that the only guy on there is kevin lerdam he's the only guy i really trust but behind them i would say stefan fry is one of the best goaltenders in major league soccer i heard that he's probably top three yeah and i just I think they're going to win the West. I get why you have LAFC where they are, and I really do think they are interchangeable one and two, but I just feel like Seattle has the most complete team in the field. Uh, Okay, so real quick, LAFC is bringing the MVP back, all-time goal-scoring leader in MLS, Carlos Vela, uh, 34 goals last season. Um. The only player they're really losing is Walker Zimmerman, which is, like, he's good. It's a pretty big loss. Uh, he went to Nashville. Um, and so they're bringing basically everyone back from a team that probably should have won the MLS Cup. They really probably should have. They choked in the playoffs. Now, the reason I have them ahead of Seattle is I feel like Seattle is the team that's going to be the SKC from last year that's going to be the Toronto from the year before where they're going to go hard after CCL. I think Seattle wants to be the first team to win the Champions League from the MLS. I think they're going to push hard after mm-hmm. it, and they're going to take the first month of the season, not off, but they're, not, they're going to play a lot of second-team guys in the first month because they're going to try and go win CCL because they have the attacking front to do that. And, you know, they may draw a couple games that they should win. They may lose a couple games that they should draw or win. And I think that's going to be enough separation to get LAFC, the Western Conference. So that's, that's the, really the only reason. I do think Seattle's probably the better team. Um, but that's, that's my reasoning for putting LAFC one, Seattle two. So Yeah, but, but that, that's good thinking, and I might honestly have to agree with you there. I didn't really take into consideration CONCACAF League just because, I don't know, I have not been paying attention to that. Uh, sure, it just started. Just because so. RSL's not in it, so. Yeah, neither um, sporting, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so real quick, yeah. I'll run through my eight through twelve or eight through thirteen, and then we can get to um, Eastern Conference. 
Uh, eight, I have the Rapids. Already talked about them. Nine, I have Minnesota. Already talked about them. Uh, ten, I have Houston. Um, they lost quite a bit. Uh, turned over to a pretty young team. I honestly just don't know what they're going to do. Um, and that fan base is just trash. Um, eleven, I have the newcomers, Nashville. Uh, they have Dax McCarty, Walker Zimmerman, Jimmy Madronda, Jaleel Anibaba. And all of those guys are solid pieces, but they don't have enough like top tier talent to make noise. Um, but they're still going to be fun. I think they're, they're a player away from being a playoff contender. Um, and 12, I have San Jose who I love. Um, but last year was a fluke for them to make it into the playoffs. Um, they're aging, didn't do anything at all in the transfer market. Um, so yeah, they're, and it's a heavy conference. So, and then last I have Vancouver for the second straight year, they, didn't do anything to improve a bad team. So uh, let's move on to the East. Uh, who's your number seven? Good. Oh, there is one thing I wanted to ask that I thought was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN Plus, we've already promoted that. Who is your – that's not your team in the West. Who's your ESPN Plus team that you just know you're going to be watching <sighs> kind of their game? This year For it's me, probably... by the way, it's Minnesota. I think I'll, I'm going to be back in hard on Minnesota. This year, it's probably going to be Nashville. I always like the expansion teams just to see what they have. Uh, But on a typical year, I end up watching a lot of San Jose games. Uh, I think it's because I'm kind of a night owl. Did you talk about Nashville? Yeah, briefly in the others. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, um, usually it's San Jose just because they're on the West Coast, so they play a lot of late games, and it's usually after sporting has already played. So, Um, But yeah, Nashville and San Jose, I'd say. All right. Um, so who's your seven in the East? Seven in the East. Let me pull it up. So for one, I want to say that the East is like a total shit show. It's trash. Uh, like, and I would not say it's trash, though. I would say that there are nine teams that could realistically make it in the uh, Eastern Conference, and any of them could be ordered any way, like, Basically, one through I pretty much agree with that. Yeah, I, I, it's just going to be really weird. So I think we're going to disagree. I feel like I have so I feel like I have some weird picks in here. So yeah, we'll (laughs) we'll see. So (laughs) at seven, I have a team that most analysts consider the best team in the conference, um, and that's NYCFC. Holy Um, shit! At number seven. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call a quick audible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wild bit. Did not know that much about NY. I did not know that much about NYCFC until literally like three hours ago. <laughs> I made these like a night ago, uh, before I got to the extra time prediction for NYCFC. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I I might as well be a little bit cute. I'm still gonna have NYCFC. Kind of surprisingly low, okay. probably. But I'll go. That was I'll wild. Put them a little higher. Save that for later. Uh, seven. I have New England. Okay. I have New England. I, I have New England at seven. Bruce Arena is the main we- reason why he's their head coach. He's a very successful MLS head coach. They had a pretty good second half of the season that led to a playoff run. Could they be a top four team in the East? I think absolutely. But I just have them at seven because I honestly 
could not put them over some of the talent that other teams have. They have Gil, uh, Pania. Um, they, they've got kind of lesser-named guys, I guess, you, you, you could say almost, and in Carlos Gil and Gustavo Boo, but I, I don't know. I'm going to stop talking about them. Sure. I don't know a ton about them, but they are – they were good enough the second half of last year, so I think they'll stick in and they'll be that seven. Okay. Um, at seven, I have – Well, actually, that's not fun. That's not fun. No, keep it. Let me change it. No, seven. you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. I'll keep it. Okay. At seven, I have uh, – and this is one that I feel like a lot of analysts have picked pretty high. Um, DC United. Um, okay. So, they lost Wayne Rooney. He went back to England, to Derby County. Um, they lost Luciano, uh, Acosta and they added, uh, Julian Gressel from Atlanta, who's very good. Uh, but they also lost, uh, Paul Areola to a ACL injury. So that's a lot of minuses in that column. Um, I just don't think they're going to be as good as last year, flat out. Um, I think they're still probably good enough to make the playoffs, they're going to be borderline. They're, I think they're going to be in a battle for that seven seed, and I don't think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, I do have them at seven. So, anything to say about them? Yeah, I have them at uh, just a little bit higher. I have them at five. Okay. Um, I do kind of like the spine. I, really I do, too. like straight up gut. And you forgot Kai Kamara is year in and year out just like one of the most efficient scorers. He's a goal-scoring machine. He's always – He's always going to give you like 15 Yeah, goals, he's going to get you 12 to 15, no problem. Incredible. Yeah. So, like, I just feel like they, they're, they're bound to make a little bit of noise in the East, but I agree. I don't see them making a deep run or anything. No. Like um, okay, uh, so at six, I have New England. Um, and literally just next to New England, all I have typed in my notes is Bruce Arena. That's – he gets to the playoffs. <laughs> He's going to get you there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all there is to it. Cool. Uh, at, so, six for me, I have Toronto. Okay. I know that's, I, I that's kind of low, but they are a really talented team. They made it to MLS last year. Josie Altador is one of the best strikers. When he's healthy. In MLS. But – the big thing is when he's healthy. I don't think he's going to stay healthy, and that's why I have him this low. Uh, you kind of have to predict for injuries when it comes to certain players, and you just have a ton of players. Like Pazuelo gets injured a lot. Michael Bradley gets injured a lot. Josie Altidore gets injured a lot. Yep. And that's Toronto's three best players. So yeah. they could easily be – at the bottom of the league if those guys are injured for most of the league, or they could be the best team in MLS, win supporter shield, which is the best record in MLS, and win MLS Cup easily. Yeah. That's like how up and down this team is. They have the lowest floor and the highest ceiling, I think, of any team in the league. I agree with that. Um, yeah, exactly like you said, Josie Altador, Altador injury issues. I mean, he always has hamstring stuff. Um, they added in uh, Pablo Piatti, who's good, you know, but he's not, you know, amazing or anything. Um, and yeah, Michael Bradley's 
he's getting old. Um, like flat out for as much as they ask him to do, he's getting very old. Um, I mean, it happened in what 2018 where that was the year they went, uh, year after they won MLS cup, they went hard for, uh, the CCL just like sporting did last year. And then they ended up damn near the wooden spoon, if not at the bottom of the league. Um, yeah, that's not, not a bad pick. Don't mind that at all. Uh, who is your, uh, what's it? Five. Yeah. Oh, five, you already had your right? five. Your five. Was um, DC. Yeah. 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 So why don't you go with five? Uh, my five is Toronto. So I'll go on to my four um, sure. for all the reasons you said with Toronto. Um, my four is the Columbus crew. Um, they added Darlington okay. Nagby. We're going to uh, this one. We're going to what? We're going to differ heavily on this one. Oh, boy. Um, so they added Darlington Nagby. They still have Jesse Zardis, uh, Zella Ryan from Tigres. Caleb Porter, who used to be the Timbers coach and was very consistent, very good in Portland who is now in his second year at Columbus. He's got a lot of his guys in there, like Fernando Adi uh, and Darlington Nagby, to go along with some of the guys he has there that are very talented. Um, I just think this is they make a jump this year. Um, yeah, I have them in fourth. They have a great fan base there. Hashtag save the crew. Um, but yeah, what, so what, what do you differ on with Columbus? They're one for me. I think they are flat out. Oh, wow. Out the best okay. Team. I, I thought you were I going the other way. I think flat out. I think flat out they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. I think they wow, have that like kind that. of potential. I think they have that kind of potential with Zelleron at that kind of number nine spot. Yeah. With Nagby, when you when you don't make Nagby carry a team, he performs his best, and he does not have to carry this team. They have Santos on that left wing. He's going to be awesome. They They have got a – Good back line as well. They have they bring in Warmgore from Germany. He's mm-hmm. a very good center back. Uh, oh, what's his first name? Awful. Um, Harrison. Harrison Awful is one of my favorite kind of right back kind of slash midfield players. Their goaltending situation uh, scares me. I have it's no idea. I, I have no idea who Eloy Room is. Just zero <laughs> clue. Uh, well, because they used to have Zach Steffen, is. and then, yeah, he bounced over to Germany. Yeah. So. so they have major goaltending questions, but I, I think they have the potential to be the number one team in the East, and I kind of just picked what I wanted to see in the East. Sure. I want to see the Columbus crew. I, I don't hate that. East. I really don't. I think they have the highest ceiling of any team in the East. Um. Now, I think things could go wrong for them pretty quickly if they have a couple injuries. But, yeah, I, I, I like the crew. I really do. I think I have one through four, and I have them pretty tight in that race. Um, so, yeah, uh, who's your number four then? For uh, NYCFC. Okay. I guess I'm just going to say why. Why would you have them higher, I guess, is my question. Because they were like the number that. one in the East last year, and they literally just brought everyone back. <laughs> they're incredibly yeah, I, deep at every position they have the most depth of any team in the league they're so okay, deep so everywhere this is where if, i've got a this is where i gotta plead ignorance but go for it trev tell me why mycfc are great they are they are two to three deep at every position now they are not going to have necessarily the top end talent at every position 
But if they have a guy go down, it's really not a problem for them, which is saying a lot in MLS. Um, a lot of teams, if if Johnny Russell goes down for Sporting Kansas City, they're fucked. If Michael Bradley goes down for Toronto, they're fucked. You know, um, if Jesse Zardis goes down for Columbus, they're fucked because uh, who's going to score goals? You know what I mean? Um, NYCFC doesn't have that problem. I have them one and. Uh, I don't know. Are we doing supporter shield or not? Because yeah, I have sure. them winning support. I have them winning supporter shield. I have them as the best team in MLS. Now, the reason I have them winning supporter shield is because I think the bottom of the East is awful, and the top teams are going to be able to beat them up. Um, but yeah, I have I have NYCFC as the best team in, in MLS because they're consistent. Have... They they brought everyone back from last year, essentially. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave my uh, Sparta Shield prediction for – I figured at the end we'll talk like playoff predictions and then – Yeah, that's fine. To close it out. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so is it my, my pick number – I think so. Or your three. Okay. Um, three, there – this might be a little bit low, but Atlanta. Um, I, I also have Atlanta at three. I just – I wonder if we have the same two. Like, they are <laughs> – I, I bet we do. Um, Atlanta. I'm sure we do. Um, Atlanta's. They have great. some holes defensively. Atlanta's great. They have, if you. So, the equivalent to the All Pro team in football for soccer is the best eleven, and they have two best eleven players in Joseph Martinez and Ezekiel Bart. They are. They literally have and not two... not to mention P, uh, PT Martinez either, like yeah. who yeah. could be the best player in MLS, like easily could be this year. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I, they, they have they have question marks defensively. They lost a. They have little a question mark their, and coach. They lost a little bit of their depth. They lost Darlington Nagme now on the crew. They lost Julian Gressel. They basically yeah. lost. Those are their, two big losses. They basically lost their depth. Now they did bring in Brooks Lennon. I want to stand for Brooks Lennon because he played on RSL <laughs> for a while. Brooks Lennon is really good, and you can kind of play him wherever you want to play him. He can be a defender. That's mainly how uh, RSL used him. He was probably their best left back, best attacking back in general last year uh, was Brooks Lennon. But you can also play him in the midfield, so that's no small add. But I just – I don't think they're going to be – necessarily as great as they have been in past years they are still a threat to win mls cup absolutely but i just i i don't think they're a top two team this year and real quick about brooks lennon yes he is as white as you expect him to look and yes he does look as douchey as you expect him to look he looks like every frat bro He is every frat bro. Uh, and, of course, his name is Brooks Lennon. But, yeah, uh, they have some questions defensively. They have some questions. Um, I'm not sold on Frank DeBoer as their coach. Uh, they had a lot of issues early in the season last year. They kind of rebounded in the second half before going out in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I have them at three as well. I think they're going to be good. They're going to be dangerous. They could beat any team on any given night. But I don't necessarily think that they're that top talent that they were a year or two ago. Um, so I guess I'll just say my two, it's the Philadelphia union. Yeah, me too. Um, I think they're finally in that top tier of teams that could actually contend for an MLS cup. Um, they, 
they're another one of those teams that I feel like they didn't do a whole lot in the transfer market, but, but, but they didn't really need to. They were very good last year, and they're still pretty young. Um, they're well-coached. Uh, Alejandro Bedoya is fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I have them at two. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like NYCFC. They're two or three deep at every single position. Yeah, so... very similar teams. I could, I could see flip-flopping them to it one and two. Because um, I, I did consider putting one... Philly at one just for the shock value, but – one thing, Andre Blake had an all-time bad goalie year last year, but if he's playing at, like, the top of his powers, he is the starting goaltender for the Jamaican Nationals. So if I think he can rebound. I think the – I've seen some reactions that he might be a major problem for them. I think he's going to be much better this year than he was last year. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to um... – Okay, so who's your supporter shield? Since I already said mine, mine's NYCFC for all the reasons so, I already said. So for me, it's uh, Seattle. Are we going to talk about the teams that don't make the playoffs in the East? Yes, I, I, I said that and then I pulled up my notes and realized I didn't say my uh, nine through third. Because I do have like, I have two teams that I have two teams that I want to just pull them up first. I, I want to see where you have them. Yeah. One, we, I think we one, had all of the same teams in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which is very surprising. Yeah. One is the Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really tempted to put the Red Bulls in there. Like, they lost some depth with Bradley Wright Phillips and they lost Luis Robles. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips has been their best player for years, except for uh, Tyler Adams, who is now in yeah. Germany as well. Um, yeah, Bradley Wright Phillips is a huge loss for him. Um, yeah, so, but that's why I, I, I knocked see- them out. They, they've dropped down could, the last couple of years, and I think this is the year they fall out of the playoffs. Yeah, but I could definitely see them in my original number seven team and who I wish I said would have been in the playoffs. They have never made the playoffs. It's Orlando. I really do think Dom Dwyer is going to be better this year. I fucking um, hope so as a former sporting guy. I really think he's going to be better this year, and I hope so because Dom Dwyer is like one of my favorite MLS players ever. He's electric. Um, <laughs> I, really I remember the hope first Dom... time I heard him talk and realized he's actually British. It was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so my uh, eight. I have the Red Bulls at eight. I almost flip flopped them with DC. I flipped them back and forth like five times. Um, then at nine, a team that I. I had as high up on this as five before bumping them down because I had Toronto out of the playoffs at one point um, was Chicago. Really? That is an entirely new team. They are a completely clean slate. I have no idea what to think of them. I love that they're back at Soldier Field. I, I respect them changing the look. Don't know that I love it yet. <laughs> um, I've kind of made fun of it on Twitter a little bit. Um, I like Chicago, though. Um, 10, I have Inter Miami, uh, the new team, David Beckham's team. Um, they got Rodolfo Pizarro, who's good, but he's going to have to carry the team, and he's just not that good. Um, 11, I have Orlando. They could be decent. Uh, injuries and age are question marks. They're starting to get older. All their DPs are starting to get older and haven't necessarily performed well the last couple years. Uh, 12, I have Montreal. Thierry Henry, legendary, uh, new coach, has not been a good coach in the past. Uh, His last job at uh, Monaco, I believe, went down in flames. 
Um, they lost Nacho Piatti, so they're kind of fucked. And then 13, FC Cincinnati, who my only note next to them is trash as fuck. I so. think they got better, though. I do think they, did they get got better. better this offseason. They did get better. Um, so, yeah, your supporter shield is Seattle? Yeah. Uh, why? I just, like I said before, um, I think they're the best team in MLS, and I do think they're – I do think they'll be able to survive kind of that CCL kind of rush. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think Seattle, they were my original choice. I hadn't taken CCL into consideration. So sure. I might, but I think it is much more likely between my number ones that Seattle wins Supporter Shield over Columbus. So I think Seattle's the team. Okay. Um, I like Seattle. Like I said, I like Seattle a lot. I think they're, great team um yeah i have nycfc just because of the depth that they have um oh, so who's your um, who's your espn plus east team oh my espn it's it's probably columbus just out yeah, of curiosity um yeah, and then uh, I, i'll have chicago up there as well again out of curiosity because i have no fucking idea what they're gonna do on the field uh, but i think it's gonna be fun um do you have a uh, real quick i'll explain what the wooden spoon is for people who don't know uh the wooden spoon award is the award that they give to the worst team in the league um it's the opposite of the supporter shield uh, i didn't explain that one thought it was kind of self-explanatory supporter shield goes to the team with the most points in the league um so it's just the best team from either conference and then the wooden spoon is the worst team in the league fewest points so the worst team in either conference uh, my wooden spoon is for the second year in a row, FC Cincinnati. I just flat out think they're the worst team in the league. They just had to fire their manager and replace him with like a 29-year-old or something. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work out for them. But, yeah. Uh, Do you have a wooden I'm gonna spoon? Go, yeah, I'm going to go opposite of you. I'm going to say Chicago. I get that they're Oh, new. wow. I get that they're new, but I don't know that new is necessarily better. And they have never been good in the history of their franchise. So until I see them be actually good, I assume they're going to be terrible. And I don't think – I I do think FC Cincinnati is going to be like like 10 or 11. I I make some improvement this year. They are not going to be as bad as they were last year. Well, they can't be as bad as they were last year. They were so bad. <laughs> um, all right, Golden Boot. Um, and again, for those of down? you who don't know, Golden Boot goes to the player who scores the most goals. Again, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I think it's Chicharito. I oh, think, okay. I like that. I think he's. I think he's just gonna like come in and easily put up like forty plus goals. Wow, forty. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I have. I go big. For, I I believe for the third time in four years, I have Joseph Martinez. Um, it's a boring pick. pick. I had him in yeah. the running. Yeah, he's he's gonna get five to thirty goals. Um, and usually that's enough in a good MLS season. Like I said, the record was Carlos Vela last year with thirty-four. Um, man, if Chicharito got forty, that'd be electric. Um, who do you have for MVP? Or do you have one yet? What? Do you have MVP? So you, um, 
I don't really track MVP that closely. I just kind of assume Golden Boot is MVP. So I'll yeah, a lot of right. times, but um, I have a different pick for my MVP from Golden Boot. Um, I have Maxi Morales from NYCFC. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, he was the assist king in MLS. Uh, great midfielder. Very, very small and crafty. Uh, he's so much fun to watch. One of my favorite players to watch in soccer. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Anything else? Do you want to go through your MLS Cup finals and all that good stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, Eastern finals. Um, and then that, uh, I'll say, hmm, I hadn't really thought about this super I hard. I hadn't either. Uh, I'll, say, <laughs> I'll say LAFC and, hmm, feels like the Galaxy just haven't, like, been that big a deal in a while. I think it'll be El Trafico for the Western Conference uh, Finals. LAFC, LA Galaxy. I, I just seem to... That would be a super fun Western Conference Final, I think. Yeah, it would. And I, I think that'll be my Western Conference Final. And then I'll say Eastern Conference Final. I really do think Columbus is that good. So I'll say Columbus and NYCFC. And then I think that it'll be NYCFC and LAFC in the MLS Cup, and I'll take LAFC. Okay. Um, I ha- I also had LAFC, LA Galaxy in the West. Uh, El Trafico, that would be so much fun. Um, that's becoming a big rivalry. I'm a big fan of it. Um, and I'll take LAFC as well over LA Galaxy. Um, then in the East, I will have – Boring, uh, but my number one versus my number two, NYCFC versus Philly. Um, and I'm going to take Philly with the upset, and then I'm going to take Philly winning the MLS Cup. Okay. Just out of pure curiosity as to what the chaos of that would be like. So. <laughs> um, that would be chaotic. It feels like we haven't had a different MLS Cup. Having like the last, it feels like the last three MLS Cups have been Seattle and Toronto. I, I know it, it again. It well because yeah, last year was Seattle, Toronto, Seattle over Toronto. The year before was Portland. Lou, did they? I don't remember who who won. They played. I don't even remember who they played. Um, yeah, I have a hard time. I. To be honest, I, I tune out of MLS as soon as RSL's out of it. I, I, I did that year because Sporting should have been in the MLS Cup and they lost to Portland. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, it does seem like there's only a few teams that consistently make it. Um, and I think it'd be fun to have a team like Philly in there in the mix. Um, and I believe for both of those teams, it'd be their first MLS Cup appearances. Yeah. So it'd be fun. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to add? No, I think that'll, I think that's it. Okay. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I hope you will tune into some MLS action uh, this coming weekend. Uh, it starts on Saturday, I believe afternoon. Um, some good ones that day uh, ending with, I believe the nightcap is sporting at Vancouver, which is kind of a shitty nightcap, even though it's sporting involved. Um but yeah, uh, Eric, thanks for joining me for this podcast. Uh, we'll probably do these, I would guess, every couple months, probably just an MLS check-in type thing, um, depending on how closely we're able to follow it this season. Would you be down for that? Okay. Yeah, I'd be down like once a month. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, probably shorter than this one. This is kind of big because it's a preview, but you know, we got to do what right. we got to do. Uh, so be sure to follow Eric on Twitter at Eric 18 Utah. You can follow me at pinch hit Travis. Um, so this has been the pinch hit podcast or pinch hitter podcast. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time. Okay, not to be okay, not to be okay